Looking to better balance your life and weight? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Shred Life Podcast, providing you the guidance and tools to become a new version of yourself with your hosts, Dave and Laura Moreno. Hello, Shredders. Hey, everybody. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> Caught you off guard again yeah. there, did I? Um, all right, so we are on episode eight, and today we are talking manuals. Oh, manuals. So this is a uh, this is one, and we're, we're in, in Shred Mastermind. We're talking about manuals this month as well. Yeah. Um, but this is one, as I said, a mastermind that will um, affect every single person. There is no purple unicorn out there. There is nobody out there who's like, oh, I don't have manuals. I don't oh, have. Oh, <laughs> yes, you do. Because just by saying you don't have manuals tells me <laughs> that you probably have a manual for not having manuals. <laughs> so um, all I can say is listen up, people. Take the time. Do whatever you got to do. Get yourself in the zone where you can really listen to these words. And don't just um, absorb these words. Don't just take them in, really think about how they apply to your life. So when we fill in examples today, I want you to fill in examples or see how they could lead into your life. So replace this with that and do whatever you need to do to make that work. So let's start off with what is a manual, okay? A manual is an instruction guide, you know, like an instruction manual we have for someone in our lives and... It's about how we would like them to behave so that we can feel good and be happy. We typically don't let that person know we have a manual for them, but we do expect that they follow it and abide by it. So after saying that, this still may not be clicking for some of you, and that's okay, but because for a lot of us, um, we have them unknowingly. So... Let me give you an example, and maybe this will make it a little more clear or obvious. So um, I have a client who is divorced, and like many divorces, it was messy and has left her with a very bitter taste in her mouth. She's said things like, he's the reason I'll never trust another man. He's the reason I can't be happy. I'd be so much more financially secure if it weren't for him. I can't believe how much of my time he wasted. She's been divorced now for almost 10 years and was giving this man so much power in her emotional life. She's allowed um, her story about him, who he was and who he should have been, cause her to be miserable. She was dedicated to hating him and feeling that hate each and every day for almost 10 years. What she didn't understand and certainly couldn't appreciate until we coached about it is that her ex-husband wasn't feeling any of this. He wasn't feeling the hate and anger that she was waking up with every morning. He wasn't actually getting burned by the lasers shooting out of her eyes throughout the day when she'd think of him. And... He wasn't feeling the misery that she was in. She now understands that instead of punishing him with her hate, she was punishing herself. And she was the only one feeling and experiencing it and living it. He had happily moved on um, and his life, sorry, he had happily moved on in his life and wasn't feeling any of this. 
So when I asked her how that made her feel, she said awful. And so I asked, why is she constantly choosing to feel awful? Yeah. And it's, it's hard to understand that this is our choice, right? Hating him had no upside whatsoever. And so she's since been able to let that story go and focus on areas of her life that are worth giving attention to and what she can actually control. But I think so many of us can think of a person who has had this hold on us. Maybe someone who did us wrong, caused us to feel pain for whatever reason, left a footprint on our heart in some way, and we truly just don't quite wish them the best in life. You know what I mean? Now, and it's interesting because when you talk about hate, hate is one of the most dangerous poisons anyone can swallow. Mm -hmm. And when you put hate in the world, it's actually a poison that you're ingesting. The feeling of hate is a poison onto yourself. Um, So just the feeling of hate, the word hate, the experience of the emotion of hate will cause you way more pain and suffering than it ever will anyone that you can shoot those lasers out of your eyes at. (laughs) Exactly. So just be cautious of that with hate. But no, it's a perfect example of a manual. Well, and manuals are a huge cause of suffering for us because we're handing over the power of how we feel to someone else, and it's not necessary. Others, Other people's behavior has no impact on us emotionally until we think about it, interpret it, and choose to make it mean something. So hold on. You mean that other people's opinions are just neutral? Yes. Like a circumstance? Yes. And when we take a thought about it, it makes it into something that we feel, Mm -hmm. which causes us to take an action and then gives us the result about that person? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, that sounds like the model. Oh. Sorry, guys. I had to. (laughs) Yeah. So no matter what people do, how they act, or what they say, we don't have to give others the power to determine how we Feel yeah. What what if everyone charge. what if everyone in your life was neutral? What if no matter what Aunt Sally says to you or what that you know uh, friend from high school said to you or what those people on Facebook comment or what your mom says behind your like behind your back or to mm-hmm. your face about other people or whatever the case? What if everyone in your life was just neutral? What if whatever they said was just words, and the thoughts that you give those words provide them power? Mm-hmm. Right. So people ask me all the time, especially in coaching, like, yeah, but I, uh, how do I deal with it? I mean, this person says this to me all the time or this person puts me down all the time. They're just words. It's like almost when you're in school, right? Like your teachers in grade two and three, like when I was younger, I was bullied a lot and people would just tell me it's just words. It's just words. Mm-hmm. And you would be like, no, they hurt and you can't see how they can just be words. But in fact, those were someone's opinion. Mm-hmm. And now knowing that those people's opinion was probably just them reflecting their own insecurities on you because it's much easier to make everyone else. It's much easier to have the tallest building if you blow up everybody else's building. Exactly. It's much harder to actually take the time and build the tallest building in the city. So most people just like to blow up all the other buildings that threaten them and they just stand nice and tall. Well, and yeah, and you just keep feeding the problem and you just keep feeding the dragon and it grows and grows and has a bigger hold on your life. But it's, it's a complete choice if you feed the dragon. Exactly. I mean, there, there are, there, and, and I have this really cool um, story in a big frame that Laura got me in my office, but the story about the two wolves, right? And so this old man's talking to the son, and he says, uh, do you know the story of the two wolves? And he says, no. He says, well, everybody has two wolves inside of them, right? Two wolves. And um, they fight each other all the time. He says, do you know which wolf wins? 
And he says, no. He says, what are the wolves? And he says, well, one of the wolves is full of anger. One of the wolves is full of hate and fear and frustration and just wants to take over the body. And the other wolf is a very nice wolf. And he's full of positive emotion and energy and love and happiness and joy. And he just wants to make everyone happy. So he still fights for his spot in the body. And he says, uh, so the boy says, so which one wins? And the old man looks at him and says, whichever one you feed, that will be stronger and that will ultimately win. So if you feed into the fear and the frustration, the stress and the overwhelm and the feelings and opinions of other people and you feed into those, then that wolf's going to win. If you feed into the ones that, you know, you understand like, you know, that not having a manual will be better and this and that. It's going to win. When we first got married, I can tell you that I had about a 900-page manual for um, someone who would be Dave's wife. Really? And, yeah. That's small compared to the oh, size well, of <laughs> How many pages was yours? <laughs> I just say it was big, okay? Yeah. I never numbered the yeah. pages. But <laughs> I didn't go into that much detail. But no, I had this manual. And so... You know, this is what happens when you first get married. And luckily, we had lived together a little bit before we got married. So we'd figured out some of those things along the way. But I had, you know, the manual of, you know, the way dishes should be done or the way the kitchen should look after someone cooks or, you know, the way that laundry should be taken out and folded or something like that. Does the bed need to be made in the morning? Right. Does it need to be made every day? and, And who takes the garbage to the curb? Right. That's I. I feel like that one chases you into your oldest years. Absolutely. Because so many people just stick with that expectation. Of course, never tell the other person. No. And this is what I was going to say is that I had this manual and when I married Laura, the proper thing would have been to sit down and go through the manual chapter by chapter with her and get her to sign off on every page. Well, and even then I should, I should know all these things because that's how Dave's Dave assumes I would have been built. Right. Because, because I didn't feel I needed to go through it with her because she already knew it all. So at some point, she had learned all this manual and if, information. And if I didn't know it all, I should know it all. You should by now. I should, Shame on I you, should, Laura. Yes, I should know this. And so you go through some rough periods because I'm not communicating to her. I'm just getting frustrated when I see things done a different way. Mm-hmm. She may have, you know, wanted to do things a different way. Maybe she, you know, I when I cook, I like to like, as I cook, I wash a dish as I cook kind of thing. And I try to keep it really clean as I cook. It's just the way I do it. When she cooks, she likes to get all her stuff, get everything cooked. And then once it's cooking, she grabs all her stuff and she'll clean up then. And so it's just a different way of doing it. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong. The result is we both have dinner at the, at the end of the day. And dishes are cleaned at the end of the day. But I didn't want to communicate that to her. And that was, that was where failures could happen. That's where breakdowns can happen in a relationship mm-hmm. because I'm not communicating to her what I want her to do. And she doesn't have the opportunity to communicate back to me the reason she does it the way she does it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so she had the same manual for me. And so you would get into some bumps along the road there. The difference is when you can actually communicate these things and understand that differences of opinions and that the end results are the same, it makes it much easier to build a successful relationship and be it with your spouse, be it with a coworker, be it with your kids, be it with anybody. Right. And, and that's actually a perfect way to, why don't we go through a few um, really common manuals that we have for people like, uh, she should remember my birthday. She should invite me when she has a party. Um, he should support me. Uh, she should listen to me for as long as I listen to her. She should ask me to be a bridesmaid or a godmother. Um, he should buy me something special on my birthday. I think that's a really big one. People 
have set in their minds exactly what their husbands or boyfriends or their partners, anybody, should do on your birthday. And they don't say anything. No. They don't communicate it. They're, they you, don't say, at this store, on this shelf, in this size no, is what I want. No, they're just never. like, oh, we don't do birthdays. It's okay. And no, in the back of their funny. head, they're like, he better buy me that sweater. And it better be the bouquet with the purple flowers yeah. and then the white ones that come on the yeah. sides. And I want some green leaves showing. I want it just like this. But do, does the other person know this? No, no, no. But they should know this. Yeah. Right? They should just it's know It's not your job to you. tell them. No. And you're just going to get mad if they don't, right? right? But not to their face. You'll just do it like secretly right. deep down. And yeah. Um, he should want to go to the movies I like. He should make more money. That's a good one. And he should spend more time with the kids. He shouldn't watch so much football. He should take the garbage out without having to be asked. Right. So those are really simple and short, but really our manuals for people are extremely thick. Oh, absolutely. And the more, the more someone is in your life, the thicker the manual is. That's you think right. of your parents, you have manuals for your parents, the way they should mm-hmm. do it. They shouldn't call me all the time and ask me for help with this, or they should just know how to do this, or I shouldn't have to tell them about this. I shouldn't have to... You like. My mom. They, they should want to watch the kids. They right. should. Um, they should want to know what's going on in your life. They should be asking about the grandkids. Yeah. You know, it, like, it, it's all over the place. My mom has a manual for me that whenever I fly somewhere or I'm traveling, I should be texting her, letting her know when I'm on the plane, letting her know when I land, because otherwise she will worry. Even if she doesn't know I'm traveling, I should just know to do this to her, right? Mm-hmm. To send these messages mm-hmm. to her. My manual is my mom shouldn't worry about that. My mom should just know that I'll be fine and she'll hear if I'm not. Like she shouldn't worry. Worrying does nothing for her. But unless we were to communicate these two points, she's going to sit there worried that I haven't got back to her and be like, he should just text me when he gets home. This all started like when I would go out, when I got home from somewhere, I had to text her when this, right? Yeah. And so when I started to say, I shouldn't have to do that. So I'm not going to do that. And it came this combative thing. Mm-hmm. When you can just communicate and say, I know you like to know when I'm there, but I'm busy sometimes and sometimes I don't get a chance to text you. If you ever want to know if I'm okay, send me a text and just say, hey, just want to make sure everything's okay. And that's it. And then all of a sudden you can open up this dialogue where you come to a middle ground where you can both live happily instead of me saying, I'm not texting her because I shouldn't. My mom's saying, he should text me. He doesn't love me because he's not texting me and he doesn't care about how I feel about this. And she's making it mean something. Yeah, because our egos come in. And right. then you get your back up. Oh, and you're your like, ego comes in. Well, I shouldn't have to text him. Yeah. I gave birth to him. He owes this to me, or whatever may go through someone's if you, head. If you and, looked at the front of your manual, it would say a manual for so and so, and it wouldn't be your name at the bottom. It would just say ego. That would be the author, mm-hmm. because egos write every manual we have. Yeah, they're amazing writers, and they can write a lot of pages very quickly. They can, <laughs> and I don't know where half the stuff comes from. But the expectations I can have of people are outrageous. Oh, absolutely. And they, again, have no idea about them. But let me tell you, if they don't meet my expectations, I have so much pain. My day can be ruined. I feel anger. Well, what did you make it all mean? If they didn't meet your expectations, they obviously don't care about you. They think you're ridiculous. They don't respect you. 
they hate you, they wish they never knew you, and it just spirals. And it's probably because you're five pounds overweight. It's probably because your hair is ridiculous. It's probably because you're ugly. And then all of a sudden, all our insecurities start to come in, and we start to believe that the manual we have for that person, the reason they're not following it, is because of all of our regular insecurities we have. But it's actually because everybody has their own life. Everybody has their own stuff. That they're responsible for. And all we have control over is ourselves. So the same way that you have control over yourself, I have control over myself. I do not have control over you, and you do not have any control over me. But do I ever like to give you control over my emotions? You know what I mean? Sometimes. And that's that's what a manual does, Right. right? It gives the other person complete control over your emotional ground. Absolutely. It happens to me all the time. I mean, when we, you know, when we first started living together and we're, you know, before we had kids or anything like that, I always believed when we were going to bed, we should talk about our day and, you know, just reiterate because we didn't see each other often if we were both busy working and things like that. And if Laura ever just turned over and went to sleep because she was tired, that was the only reason. If she ever just turned over and went to sleep and didn't converse at night or we didn't have that debrief of our day, I felt like she didn't love me, like she doesn't care for me anymore, like this relationship's probably over. How could you just turn over and go to sleep? And, oh, she must be faking it. There's no way someone could fall asleep that quickly. Laura, let me tell you, can out like a light in three seconds. Mm-hmm. If she is tired and she turns over, she's gone. It's not, I've learned over the last 16 years, it's not fake. She just falls asleep really, really quickly when she's tired. But for, I mean, this went on for a long time where I just, and so I would just sit there and stew. And then I wouldn't sleep for hours because I would just sit there so angry and I would shift and... <clears throat> And I would move across the bed and just try to wake her up in some way to tell her how mad I was at her. Yeah, and and the thing is, is that it's not like you would directly say to me... Never. You know, this is what I've made it mean. It would just... A whole fight would start out of nowhere. And about, like, at the end of it, we would both be like, what were we fighting about? Exactly. Because you you don't understand how to get it out. And again, you just felt like I should have known. So why even say it out loud, right? Let's just fight. Now, when we talk about manuals, a couple of big ones come up, especially when like when we're coaching people. People will say, Well, what about my kids? Mm. Like I deal with my kids. Or I'm a so true. I'm a boss at work. Yeah. I have employees. I have to have manuals for them. I literally at work have a manual for how my employees should act. Well, and and for parents, you're responsible for Defining, shaping, giving them all the rules. So that's where manuals can get a bit tricky. So I want to go through the parent and boss side of things so people can understand when manuals are healthy and when they're not healthy, okay? And the difference is really in the way they're communicated. So as a parent, as a boss, you have expectations for your kids or your employees, okay? These are just expectations Mm -hmm. that you have. They're set out in stone, probably. You write it out like at a job. You have a job description. Your assistant or your manager or your supervisor below you who manages people needs to act a certain way, needs to do certain things, accomplish certain things. There's no difference for your kids. They have the same rules. They need to do certain things. Um, You have to, I mean, the best bosses and parents are ones who are very clear and consistent about the expectation and the consequence. Mm -hmm. Okay? And I'm not saying consequence in a threatening manner because it has nothing to do with threatening people. It's just, here's what you need to do 
Otherwise, this will happen. So for employees, it's very simple. Here are the lists of tasks that I need you to do. If you complete these tasks, you remain employed. Mm-hmm. If you don't complete these tasks on a regular, consistent basis, you will be unemployed. Mm-hmm. I can then remove any emotional attachment to that conversation, to that, to that expectation. Complete, because right. if, they, if they just don't do it, it just tells me, okay, it's, they're just not employed. I will find someone who will. It's their choice. Yeah. It's completely up to them. So that's easier at work. But when it's your kid, you're like, how can I not be emotionally attached to things my kid does? Well, here's the difference. I will never turn around and say, you need to make your bed every day. Otherwise, you're going to hurt daddy's feelings and daddy's going to get upset. That's emotional blackmail. Mm-hmm. That's telling the child that the consequence of them not doing my what I expect them to do will cause me harm. Mm-hmm. Now I know I have a manual. I'm getting emotional about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm tying, I'm tying their action or inaction to my emotional happiness. Mm-hmm. And I'm teaching them that. Right. If I were to say to my, my daughter, you have to make your bed every day. Otherwise, at the end of the week, you don't get to go, you don't get to have your iPad for tech time. Or right. you have to make your bed every day. Otherwise, you don't get to go to the birthday party on Saturday. Right. Now, here's the difference. I'm no longer emotionally attached to it. If she doesn't do it, it's because she didn't care enough to go to the birthday party. Right. And that's fine. That wasn't obviously enough of a consequence to make her take the action I wanted her to take. It has nothing to do with me as a parent. has nothing to do with her respect for me. She's not making her bed for me. She's making her bed for making her bed. It's an action she's taking that I've requested based on an expectation. And here's a difference. I clearly and consistently will tell her about that and the consequence. Mm -hmm. So if I see on Wednesday that her bed's not made and it's almost time to leave for school, I'll say, just remember, either make your bed all week or this Saturday you don't get to go to the party. That's it. I'm not saying you better get up there and make your bed or you're not going to that party Saturday. I'm just clearly letting her know. And at the end of the day, if she doesn't make her bed all week, I just don't take her to the party. And I have to follow through on the consequence. But it doesn't, it doesn't ruin your day. No, I'm not emotionally attached to it. I wouldn't know right now sitting here in our office... If anybody's bed, well, I know that all their beds are maybe <laughs> you do know that. today, but um, but we wouldn't know that, and that wouldn't affect how we created a podcast today. It shouldn't no, no. And so when you're managing people, kids mm-hmm. or employees from a clean space where your emotion is removed, your job gets so much easier mm-hmm. because it's no longer about you. The kids' bed is not about me in any way, shape, or form. It's about them learning good behavior, good habits, routines. Right? That's what it's about. Yeah. It's not about me at all. No. Them getting ready for school in the morning on time and easily is actually not about you. No. But we've talked about this in the podcast where you've had a manual for how the kids should get ready in the morning. They should all line up. They should have their coats on. Their shoes should be on. They should have their hands out, grab their lunch from you, give you a kiss and walk out the door without a question. Just like in the movies. Just like in the movies, which is where most of our manuals come from, by the way. Society, movies, conditioning that we've seen around. What... What a healthy relationship should be. Yeah. Right? Like, you ever look at movies and you see people, like, um, snuggle, fall asleep, like, hand in hand together. And you and I say it all the time. We're like, I couldn't sleep like that. Like, oh, breathing on me. Oh, no. Too close for comfort. (laughs) Yeah. But we get this expectation. And this is probably where a lot of mine came from. But expectation of that's what a healthy relationship is. When you fall asleep, snuggle together and your arms around each other, this kind of thing. And most of the time, like... If I have my arm around you for too long or whatever the case, one of us gets hot. Like yeah. we both run hot. <laughs> and so my arm will start to sweat or your neck will sweat. You'll just be like, all right, can we, uh, can we just grab this? some space? 
<laughs> and ten years ago, fifteen years ago, that would have been that would have meant something to me. Yeah. But today, all that means is one of us is warm. Yeah. We need to break the heat barrier for a minute <laughs> to get some air. That's all it means. So I think two things that you said about um, the parenting are so key, and that is one you said to be consistent, and that's so important because. That's what also makes it obvious to your child that you don't have a manual for them, an emotional manual for them, is because by making, by trying to get them to make their beds in the morning, you're just teaching them skills. You're teaching them about, you know, how to do proper chores, how to set themselves up for living on their own one day, and, you know, just health and wellness. It's, it's for good reason. It's yeah. about shaping them and shaping their future. But when we talk about consistency there, we also talk about how your voice is. You're not yeah. raising your voice to them. You're just saying, hey, make your bed every day. You can go to the birthday party, Sarah. You're not saying, I've told you three times, make your bed every day. And you're raising your voice you're with them and you're getting upset. You're screaming at them. Yeah. That's how they're... Remember, we talked about this last week and I've said it for like a year now, right? And when we talk about this stuff... Kids don't listen to what you say. They listen to what you do. Are you making your bed every day? That's right. I'm, yeah. I'm curious. Yeah. And the other thing that I thought was so important in there was um, not telling them about how you're tying it to your emotions. Not saying to them, you're going to make mommy so happy if... Because what Dave said there, it's emotional blackmail, is so true. And I want, I want you to think about when the last time you said to your child, well, that makes me so sad, or that makes me so happy. You know what you're talking about me, always? You just disappointed us. Or I'm not mad. You've just disappointed yeah. us. Or when I got in trouble when I was younger, like a lot of trouble, I'd say, <laughs> I'm not even mad. I love you your just, different levels of trouble. I know. Like, <laughs> like a lot of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Like pushing the car home when I didn't have a license because I broke the yeah, car. I never and experienced your parents troubles. walking out the door oh, my word. and your dad just sitting in the driveway and you have six friends helping you push the car home because you took it down the street and tried to do a burnout and broke the axle on it and you're pushing it <laughs> home and you just see your dad in the driveway and you feel the car get heavier because all of your friends let go of the car and started to walk back slowly because <laughs> <laughs> your dad was a scary guy <laughs> and it's just you pushing the entire car the rest of the way to the house. That's what I mean by like a lot of trouble. And so at that time, they didn't yell. They didn't even get mad. They just told me that I disappointed them and I completely lost their trust. And that's the hardest thing to get back. And so I've always had trust issues since then because yeah. I'm like, oh my God, trust is the worst thing to lose. Yeah. And like I was, I was in trouble for a long time with yeah. that one, right? Yeah. And so that one always got me to disappointment, yeah. right? Not, not getting mad, not raising your voice. I can deal with someone yelling at me, whatever. You can tune that out. That's a volume <laughs> adjustment, yeah. right? It's when you honestly feel that someone else was hurt by it, that yeah. it really emotionally charges you, yeah. right? And then you feed into that. So, I mean, parent to parent and coach to parent, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Yeah. You don't need your child to have everlasting memories of how they could never make you happy. Guilt, or, shame. Yeah, when they think of you and they're, and they're feeling those feelings, you have, right now, while they're young, you do have some control over that. You create their visions right now. And so make sure... You're not bringing emotional blackmail into it. And emotional blackmail sounds like such a harsh thing, but I don't think a lot of us realize what those words 
oh, that makes mommy so dot, 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 or, oh, you've really made daddy feel dot, 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 how much that weighs on them growing up. Because I guarantee you can think of something in your life. Maybe that's why you have a terrible relationship with a parent, or maybe that's why to this day you're still afraid or uncomfortable around a parent. Think about these things because they do last with us. And if you know it's lasted for you, think about how you're showing up for your child. Yeah, with our with our uh, three-year-old right now, we're going through potty training with them. Yes. He's a little late in the potty training stage, and so we're really pushing it with him. But we're not sitting there telling him, if you pee on the potty, you know, mommy and daddy are going to be so proud of you, and we're going to throw a big party. No, it's come down it's to literally an M&M. You're going to get some M&Ms. Yeah, we have mini M&Ms in a little container. You want it? Go on the potty. Come and get it. That's it. Here's a consequence. You should not be in diapers. You should be peeing on the potty. And when you do, you have a M&M, which is something that you want. Yeah. And so it happened this morning where he was there. He's like, I don't want to. I just want a diaper on. And and I said, well, then there's just no M&M. Yeah. That's it. Okay. And he stomped (laughs) into the bathroom. He threw out his pants and he got it. And he went pee. Yeah. It took two seconds. Yeah. He was just done. And then he was so excited and he got his M&M and that's it. And try not to make a huge deal of it because I wanted him to know that's just normal behavior. Yeah. That's not something we celebrate every time. My gosh, right? I'd, I'd just have a lifetime investment of M&M's if it meant that I had to praise every person <laughs> who used the bathroom oh, in yeah. our house. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, that's not the way to do it. Anyway. So, I mean, manuals are a huge topic, guys. And we're not trying to cover the whole thing today. I think that throughout this podcast and even throughout our Shred group and everything like that, we'll touch on manuals constantly. But we just want to make sure as we progress through this podcast and, you know, for new listeners, they understand the basics of the manuals so that we can, when we talk about them in future podcasts, you know exactly where we're going. So some keys to remember are when you're in a relationship where you feel responsible for, sil- for, sorry, for filling someone else's needs and they feel like they're responsible for filling yours, then there is constant manipulation and attempts to control one another. That is not healthy. Yep. You are in charge for your own happiness and and fulfilling your own needs and they are for theirs as well and so the big question is how do we let go of manuals that's a huge one because it's really hard to see the other side of taking ownership of our emotions so here's the funny thing most of us don't have our lives together so instead of telling other people how to live theirs Let's bring the focus back to ourselves. Right. Typically, the reason we have manuals for others is because we think that if that person changes their behavior, then we'll feel better. But no one else's behavior controls our feelings, ever. It's only our thinking that affects how we feel. Think of the model, right? Right. Our thoughts create our feelings. We know, we know the drill. So when someone follows our manual, we think, oh, this person likes me, respects me, cares about me, and it makes you feel good. And when someone doesn't follow your model, we take offense. We think, sorry, I said model. I meant to say manual. (laughs) Uh, Follow our manual. We take offense. We think negative thoughts. We feel bad. When we don't take responsibility for how we feel and we blame it on someone else, that means we've given that person all of our emotional power So really, when you look at the big picture, we want someone to behave differently so we can feel better, but it's 
not even possible in the end because other people's actions can't dictate our feelings. Only our thoughts can. So, I mean, to sum it up, take responsibility for how you feel regardless of other people's behavior. It's a relief. Yeah. It's empowering. It's huge. It's huge. And, and the simple fact is, we talked about it in actions and results last week too. Mm-hmm. You are 100% responsible for everything you have in life, every situation you're in, you're responsible. You can never blame someone else. The second you do, you're going into victim mode and you're creating a manual and you're writing the manual as you're feeling it at that point. So you just got to drop that. And like you said, it's huge just to take responsibility for everything, everything, the good and the bad. And we warned you, the model shows up in everything. everything. And the model can solve every problem. Absolutely. Because it all starts with a thought. The rest is up to you. Right? Well, it all starts with a circumstance, and from there on, it's all up to you. And manuals are just the result of bad models. Yeah. And at the end of the day, manuals come right after all this model talk that we've done for a reason, right? Mm -hmm. Because manuals are there. And so with that in mind, the other one that comes up is boundaries. I was just going to say. Yeah. And so uh, next week, we're actually going to dive into boundaries a little bit because it's a topic all on itself. But typically, when you don't clean up your manuals, um, or when you're going to clean up your manuals... Um, you'll end up, in some cases, with boundaries. And boundaries are very healthy if you set them correctly. Right. But we'll talk about all those next week. Um, so uh, until then, we wish you a good week. I invite you to visit theshredlife.com where you'll find all kinds of interesting things and free content in our blog. Um, you'll also be invited to learn more about our retreat, which is coming up uh, March 20. 24th? 24th, 25th, the weekend of the 24th, 25th. It's a two and a half day retreat up north at our beautiful Shred Center Lake House that we have rented uh, up north in northern Ontario. It's open for anybody to come to. You can find all the information. It is about self-love. It's about self-confidence. And it's about finding out who you really are because you may have lost that along the way, especially when you put so many other people first. So Um, so we have so many people who um, are so excited about that. I think we have three or four spots left, if I'm not mistaken. As long as it's on the site, then there is a spot still available. So sign up if you see that. Um, If not, then the next one would be for you. Uh, We will do these um, a couple times a year at least. So, Mm -hmm. um, But anyway, that's it for us this week. We would Uh, love for you to rate and review this podcast if you enjoyed it. Tell a friend. Yeah, we just want to spread the word. Mental health, better mental health for everyone. Maybe you want to send it to the person who you feel has a manual for you. Yeah, (laughs) maybe be like, you should listen to this podcast. It's great. Manuals, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, have a good week, everybody. We will talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Shred Life Podcast with your hosts, Dave and Laura Moreno. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit theshredlife.com on Instagram at the underscore shred underscore life underscore and facebook.com slash shredmastermindlife. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on the Shred Life Podcast.